What makes a maverick? As a ginger punk inspired misfit from the Isle of Man, I followed the path of the possible, using an immense growth mindset and morphing into a maverick along the way. I've lived a life on my terms, had a blast doing it, and been an unconventional CEO, sister, wife, beloved dog owner, and bundle of crazy, spontaneous energy. So I invite you to join me on What Makes a Maverick, a podcast with attitude for those who always wanted to be different, but didn't know where to start. It's here. The Maverick Entrepreneur. So I'm thinking this is a pretty overdue episode in the story of what makes a maverick, because my career has been very much entrepreneurial within a corporate world. And as I look back on that career and think about all the key learnings and stories that I can help um, to assist clients with, um, I realise that the story starts a very long time ago. And given that last week's episode was called The Maverick Bookworm, it actually started when I was 13 years old and I got my first job. And my first job as a Saturday kid was in a bookshop. Of course, Carol would be in a bookshop. Um, and it was the place that I first learnt about not just being around books and, and meeting people and, as we call them, grown-ups when you're 13, but also in how business worked and, more importantly, how shops worked. So my very first job, yes, I was um, working in a shop, looking after books, serving the customers, learning what all of those jobs were. And as I grew up in the Isle of Man at a time when the Isle of Man was a booming holiday destination, um, it was not just unusual to have a summer job. It was unusual not to have three or four summer jobs. So between the ages of 13 and 18, I just worked because everyone just worked. And you would do things like get up in the morning, you'd go and waitress in a hotel, you'd be a cleaner, you would waitress again, you would work in a bar, a pub or a hospitality place or a cafe. And so all the way um, through those formative teen years for me, I was working and I was working because my family were, were not well off. I was the eldest of five girls. My parents really revered education so wanted us to do everything we could and of course my story is typical of the story of the rest of my family because my sisters all did the same they, they all had multiple summer jobs so we all got this amazing grounding as well as being from a crazy spontaneous um, extrovert family we also got this amazing grounding in going to work and the concept of work so that's a, a really good place to stand yourself in good stead and in recent years I've worked for the owner of a very big company, a big organisation. And for a long time, he had one question of anyone he interviewed. And that was, did you do a paper round? Because he wanted to see if you'd actually started doing all that business stuff early. Um, and I think if you think about it, yeah, we're not always looking, particularly not in retailing, where the majority of my career has been, we're not looking for uh, great educational and academic um, credentials. We're looking for human credentials. We're looking for um, problem solving, different attitudes, getting out there and doing it, not being afraid to get up at six in the morning to do a paper round if that's what it takes. So, you know, a lot of um, my reflection these days is about those things that did make me the maverick entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I'm sorry, 
And I think it's really nice to be able to, to, to understand that. So then what happened to me? So I went off to my beloved Teesside Poly. I did a year in industry. And I ended up getting, as I was the only um, female on my degree, I was sent to work in a ladies' clothing factory in Stockton-on-Tees. I worked for a year. Um, I did every job in the factory. And of course, as happens with luck, one of the senior management there was taken very ill. I was the spare pair of hands. And I was put in to be the, the um, in charge of production for the last six months I was there. And through that, I met lots of retailers. And I became very familiar with how retail stock control and distribution um, worked. So I went back for my last year at the poly and I thought, you know what, I think I'll go into retail. I met those people. They were good people. I understand how they work. So my very first um, job, I left uh, the poly and I had about seven job offers with retailers because I'd done six m- months working in a factory that made things for big British retailers. Um, and I went off to work for Littlewoods in Liverpool and it's, uh, I-, I started out there and I did um, a graduate training programme or I thought I was going to do a graduate training programme, but because of the experience that I'd had in the factory, I um, was immediately put on a brand new two-year training programme for um, regional merchandisers with two other people. We were the very first intake. Anyway, I managed to complete that in nine months because of all the experience I'd had. And so at the age of about 22 or 23, I became a leader and I led my first team in retailing. And I have to tell you, the greatest place to be an entrepreneur was retailing in the 80s, 90s and noughts in in the world, in the UK and the world, because it's so fast moving, so ever changing, relies on you thinking on your feet, problem solving every single day, getting along with everybody. In my case, from the customer on the shop floor, right through to the CEO of great big UK retailers that I worked for. And these are skills that are massively in need in the world today. And these are skills that I would like to encourage you all to focus on. So let's think about what they are again. Being adaptable, being flexible, being responsive to what's going on around you, getting the best out of the people around you, because at the end of the day, they are who are delivering to the stores, in the, in the case of off the head office for retailers or the, the, the support office for retailers, delivering to the stores, and then the people in the stores need to be equipped to give the best possible service to their customers and you know that's exactly how it works in every business um, that is customer facing or should work in my opinion and then of course there's learning to grow and learning to develop because in parallel with the development of retailing when I worked in it and I worked for Littlewoods I then went to Halfords at Halfords I did stock control I then headed up stock control when I was Um, about 26, became head of buying when I was 28. And then when I was 34, I was head of Halford's automotive business in the UK. Um, And then I became a business business general manager with Boots. So big, big blue chip retailers. But the skill set that they needed was very much to be an entrepreneur within an organisation. And a lot of that was about effecting affecting change, doing things differently, thinking differently and making sure that you are taking people with you to feel confident to make the changes that are needed. So, um, you know, a skill set that I've really, really enjoyed and I often talk about being the skill set of the 2020s because it really is. 
because when I first went into retailing, hardly any retailers had computer systems. I joined Littlewoods, who actually were well ahead of the pack, and uh, they had pretty good retail systems. So since the day I was in Littlewoods, I have been into my retail tech, and that has pervaded my whole career. So having a mindset that understands what tech can do for you and how it can enable change, enable change and how it can drive sales, reduce costs and improve um, efficiency is absolutely fundamental to leadership in retail. It's very entrepreneurial, but I think it's also really, really in demand to be a leader today in 2020, particularly after what we've been through this year. So, um, I, you know, all, all I can say really is I was very, very fortunate. Retail was growing like mad. Anyone who knew what they were doing and was good and forward looking and in my case had a growth mindset was going to do well. So, you know, I, I often um, say to people, oh, yes, I headed um, Halford's automotive business when I was 34. And remember, I, I never purport to know how to do um, to how cars work or bikes work. So that was um, a, a strange a strange role for me, theoretically, but actually not a strange role for me because it's all about having that entrepreneurial generalist uh, skill set. And as my life went on, I, it took the turns that all lives take. I came back to the Isle of Man. I then worked for a retail business and I ended up running um, a big retail business in the Isle of Man. Um, I ended up running the things that I'd never done in my career to date. So I ended up running um, the stores, distribution, marketing. So, you know, that was great because I got even more experience of things that I really didn't know. And then we had a chain in Scotland with 100 stores and I became the marketing director for there. And what I'm trying to illustrate to you here again is that whole entrepreneurial approach of how hard can it be? What's the worst that can happen? Let's give it a go. I've got my inherent skill set. I don't really know how it works, but I can ask. I can find out. I can learn. And what can I bring to it from my experience and skill set to date? That is really, really, really important to everybody's mindset in the world that we're in today. So I did all of that. I then um, went to work in the public sector as a chief executive for nearly five years. Um, with a really interesting remit, tourism, leisure, public transport, heritage railways, sports, arts and TT races. Again, a whole raft of leadership there about think which I knew, um, you know, I really didn't know. But I think the bigger challenge in there was not actually leading all the areas I didn't know, because that was something I knew how to do. But it was the culture of the public sector, which in, in itself is... Um, is interesting and it's probably so far from entrepreneurial, um, not out of intent, more out of institutionalization in my experience. So that was quite um, a hard part of, of my life. However, I left, I did various other roles since. I've been, um, you know, head of a property company. I've run IT for a retailer since. And then four years ago, I retrained as a coach because I want people to see the benefits of having a more entrepreneurial and generalist leadership skill set because it's, it's what we need for the future because change Change used to be something that people used to talk about. This is business as usual and what we do. And then there's that thing out there called change. Well, I think business as usual has been replaced by 
change that core piece right in the middle of everything that's going on and never more so than this year probably with the pandemic. So that is everything I've learned and so what would be my top three tips from being a maverick entrepreneur? Number one, Work on not what the knowledge is in your head, but unlocking the skill set that you are most comfortable using and practice using it. Practice trying new things and being adaptable, flexible and learning. I think the second thing is, is work on your emotional intelligence if you haven't done this already. That ability to get on with people. Being sent out to work at age 13, um, having been rather a sort of solitary, sporty kid, meant that working in a shop, I was serving customers, I was meeting customers, I was getting on with people much, much older than myself. And that was super, super important. And then the third aspect is... I think comes from my sporty background, which is the resilience. You know, in sport, the only way to get better is to lose. And in business, in my experience, the only way to get better is to have things not go the way you always hoped or the way you planned, but to stay really alert to what's going on and use that as a platform to move forwards. So, and in, I've enjoyed this session today and I hope you found it really useful. That has been, in a very little nutshell, my life as a maverick entrepreneur. Want to live life on your terms? Then subscribe here to this podcast or follow at Carol Glover Coaching on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram or check out the website carolglovercoaching.com. Thanks so much for listening and until next time, stay fierce, stay kind, stay brave and most of all, keep smiling. <laughs>